Welcome to another edition of Communication Mixdown. My name's Zach Shapiro. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM radio dial or 3cr.org.au on the World Wide Web. This week we'll be following up on a show from a few weeks ago, which was all about QAnon and the recent growing interest in conspiracy theories. Uh, While most people reluctantly accept that we're facing a biological pandemic in the form of a dangerous virus, Some people believe it's all a hoax and a cover for ulterior motives, and this has led to the spreading of some pretty out-there ideas and what some people have termed uh, an information pandemic. Uh, We've seen social media giants like Facebook trying to discourage people using the platform for these sorts of discussions, Uh, and recently Facebook has placed a full ban on all QAnon-related content, content. Uh, but despite these efforts, the conspiracies continue to spread. Uh, Joining us this week, we have Kaz Ross, who lectures in Asian Studies at the University of Tasmania. Kaz is very passionate about the issue. She recently wrote an article for the conversation entitled, Why QAnon is Attracting So Many Followers in Australia and How It Can Be Counted. Uh, In this pre-recorded interview from last week, I spoke with Kaz and I began by asking her to tell us a bit about the history of QAnon and when and how it all began. QAnon started in October 2017 when somebody calling themselves Q, which is apparently a designation of military clearance in America, started posting uh, supposed secret plans from within the Trump administration online on a um, website or a bulletin board called 4chan which has been the home of a lot of trolling in the past. It's where Gamergate kicked off, which was an anti-feminist gamer thing that uh, spurred on the alt-right in the previous year before that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, this Q person basically said they had inside information on Trump and on the Trump administration and that Hillary Clinton was about to be arrested. And from that point, this person called Q does what are called Q drops, which are very cryptic kind of information drops on on the 4chan and then later on 8chan and then when 8chan was uh, dismantled on something called 8kun. So these drops appear, they're very, um, well, what could you say? They're not very clear. Um, The first... Um, claim was that Hillary was about to be arrested three years on that still hasn't happened so they're not very accurate Mm -hmm. Um, but often they're very cryptic and so there's a group of people they call themselves the anons and they're the ones that sort of bake the Q drop information so it's their job to interpret Mm -hmm. these these very um, amazing things that could mean something or could mean nothing at all And so the heart of it is that Donald Trump is uh, beating a worldwide cabal of satanic pedophiles and particularly in America, the deep state, Mm. which are undermining democracy and people's well-being. And they're all pedophiles. Um, And so Donald Trump is beating them 
He may not look like it on the surface, but he really is. So trust the plan. Donald Trump is, you know, with the side of God and he will win in the end. And so over time, it's developed quite a following in America. And now with the pandemic, we've got what you might call uh, QAnon 2.0. Any possible kind of conspiracy can be incorporated into it. What are some of the main ideas or conspiracies? What sorts of things are, are people are getting pushed here in Australia? Since the pandemic, people have taken to conspiratorial thinking with gusto. Mm. And so you see a cloud in the sky that looks a bit weird. Then you see another cloud in the sky that looks a bit weird. And voila, chemtrails. You've got a uh, conspiracy about, um, you know, weather adapting and um, the actions of the cabal. Um, you know, Donald Trump mentions a particular time and then uh, there's you see a clock with the same time on it. Or you're buying, I've even seen one where people were buying things at the supermarket and it had the price $11.11 11 and that was considered to be a meaningful um, reference to the global cabal. So when you've got conspiratorial thinking, everything is meaningful, nothing is a coincidence. Right. And so you can incorporate all these things into the overall conspiracy. So the, the big ones that we see, first of all, with the pandemic, did it start in a lab? Was it the Chinese government? Was it the Americans? Who's using the flu? Does the flu even exist? Mm. Who's spreading the flu? Why are people locked in their houses wearing masks? It must be another reason behind it. The flu is not deadly. Corona is not killing anyone. They died of other things. It's all being faked. On and on it goes. And then people start looking for reasons to explain why there's a lockdown. And so they say, well, the pedophile cabal, you know, they've got children in tunnels under all the cities and the children need to be rescued. And so you can rescue them at night. Uh, so it's a bit unclear whether the cabal are putting the children in the tunnels at night when everybody's on lockdown in Melbourne or getting them out of the tunnels. And some people have claimed fairly recently that 300,000 children have been rescued from the tunnels of Melbourne. Wow. And other mm. people have asked, well, where are those children? And there was a response I heard, which was, you're just thinking in the 3D. You need to think in the 5D. And in the 5D, the fifth dimension, there's um, an alien intelligence base on the moon, and they've got the technology to take the children using 5D to the healing base under Antarctica. Wow. And that's where the 100,000 children are. So as you can see, these sorts of things can get pretty wild and wacky. Mm. At the start of the pandemic, we saw 5G being incorporated into it pretty seamlessly. And we saw 5G towers being um, burnt down in mm. the UK, in New Zealand, uh, vandalised in Australia. And so then that gets incorporated and everybody's in their home so that when they get microchip, the 5G will control them. And Dan Andrews is bringing in secret technology from China every night at Tulsa to install mm -hmm. the 5G so that you can be tracked. The big one I would say mm -hmm. is the anti-vaccination movement. Mm -hmm. They've been going gangbusters during the yeah. pandemic. And they've been talking about it for years, you know, the dangers of vaccines and how it's all to control you. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them have on the Bill Gates has a microchip mm, um, part of that one. Yeah. Time. Mm. Um, of course, all of this builds on, in Australia in particular, there was a movement that came out of the Patriot movement, um, the Reclaim Australia and anti-Islam movement, very obsessed with the so-called New World Order. Mm. 
couple of years ago. And these new world order people, they're suspicious of the UN, the WHO. They say that there's a global um, uh, Illuminati cabal, um, by which they mean Jews. And so we get to the real heart of this, which is an ancient centuries old Mm. um, anti-Semitic um, trope, uh, which is mm. the Jews are drinking the bloods of Christians and they're drinking the children's blood. And and that's kind of where we are now. Mm. It's just gluing together a whole, a mishmash of stuff that's been around the anti-Semitic mm. thing of Jews drinking the blood of Christian children has been around for centuries. Mm. In recent times, the Q drops, the so-called inside information drops, have just reflected what this enormous community following the drops are saying. So, there was no mention of the vaccine or any vaccines actually before this year. Mm-hmm. I think there was one mention in all the thousands of Q drops. And now suddenly it's a big thing. Well, if vaccinating and microchipping the population was a part of the global cabal that Q's been aware of for years, why hasn't it been mentioned? So we see that the info drops start to reflect what the community's morphing into, which then feeds the community even more and more. And it's hard to combat because there's no cult leader. It's like a cult, but there's no actual leader that you could challenge. Do you see any sort of particular demographics being more susceptible to buying into the conspiracies? Yeah, I would say say definitely. So first of all, um, in Australia anyway, I can't really speak to the situation in the States, but in Australia, many of the people that got involved in the anti-lockdown protests at the start of the pandemic. So the first ones I think were in May, um, the first ones in Melbourne, and then there were ones all around the country. Um, Many of those people had never protested before Mm. and they'd never been involved in political action, nor had they ever joined a political group on Facebook. And so they were kind of new to to, um, encounters with the police. They were new to breaking the law. Um, and it was a demographic that you don't usually see at demonstrations. So there were people who were from all different ethnic communities and religions and all different ages. And so in the Q groups online or the groups, the lockdown groups that became infected with Q thinking, uh, Q and on thinking, they tended to be people not so used to being online, um, definitely not digital natives, Um, and just new to that kind of group, actually. So many of them, I guess you could call them kind of normies. You know, they they Mm. hadn't been involved in this sort of world. And, and, you know, they might have come in just upset and concerned about the effect of the lockdown and because of the way that the Q stuff has infiltrated these groups, just being spread like a kind of, um, you know, wildfire, actually. Mm. They've They've taken up some of it. They're going, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand the science. And remember, the science was really confusing at the beginning. Do you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask? Mm. Or is it aerosol? Is it the flu? Is it something else? Because of course, nobody knew new disease, right? And so people were looking for answers. And then they've all this kind of QAnon stuff starts to provide the answers. So I'd say that's one demographic, um, just worried people, stressed out, are not very um, digitally literate. Then there's another whole group of people that are in, I would say, the kind of alternative spirituality or the wellness community. And that community, there's a very common belief that if you just think good thoughts, you won't get sick. 
If you're a good person, you couldn't get cancer. If you just, um, you know, cleared your vibration, then the virus won't affect you, that kind of thing. Mm. And so some of the new age spiritual aspects of the QAnon community really appeal to them, which is, you know, we're all ascending in the great awakening to the 5D realm, um, that there's 144,000 special spirit light warriors that have come to the planet from the future to save us, that some people are star seeds um, planted to bring light to others. And if you raise your personal vibration above 500 hertz, then you can counteract all negativity. You can throw up any event and you can spin a Q-related narrative. So those spirituality communities that um, have a mistrust of big pharmaceutical companies mistrust of government regulation of health they might be anti-vaccination themselves they're very prone to this kind of thinking as well and so and like all conspiracies right there's truth to some things yes of course Mm. big pharmaceutical companies are terrible look Mm. at the opioid crisis um so and vaccinations you know vaccines have gone wrong in the past um Mm. so you know, there's always a kernel of truth there, although I don't think there's a kernel of truth to the healing base under Antarctica. You've been listening to a pre-recorded interview with Kaz Ross, lecturer in Asian Studies at the University of Tasmania, as well as writer and social commentator. And we've been discussing QAnon and the rise of COVID-related conspiracy theories. And we'll be back with more after this. Do you need to renew your subscription? Make a donation. Or pass on some information to a programmer. We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03 94198377. Each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03 9419837. 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. I thought next up we could talk a bit about social media as you've written and as, as other people have written that, that social media seems to be fueling the, the flames a little bit and, and uh, propagating the ideas. Your article in the conversation suggests that media or social media giants like Facebook and Twitter have been sort of trying to reduce uh, and even ban QAnon-related posts, uh, the organising ability of QAnon groups downgrading newsfeed rankings or search results. Do you think that that's been effective? Do you think they're doing enough? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, they're in the um, attention economy, which means they want eyeballs, they want clicks, they want engagement. And for three years, the QAnon community has delivered that. And this year it's delivered it in spades. Mm. You know, the amount of uptake of stuff on social media is just phenomenal. People are locked down, they're confused, they're concerned. Um, They may be isolated from their family and friends. And so they're reaching out to these online communities. And that's one thing you can say um, for the QAnon and QAnon adjacent communities is they tend to be extremely welcoming um, and caring places where people are talking about all their fears and concerns and there'll be someone there listening there, supporting them. It's quite different from many other political movements where people are sort of savaging each other. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, they can be warm and caring communities and people have needed some care and they've needed some connection to others. But the social media uh, giants have had three years 
um, while this QAnon thing's been developing. Right. So they've been making money from this. And it's only this year, I think, with the a huge boom in QAnon-related stuff and some unhinged people have committed violent acts um, from the QAnon uh, community in America. A couple of things, like there was a guy that was driving a train and he drove the train off the end of the train tracks to draw attention to a, a ship that was on the docks in front of the train tracks to say that's where the children were going to be. Mm. And I might have read about that in the news, but he was a QAnon person trying to draw people's attention to the children that need to be saved, these, you know, mole children from the tunnels. So there have been a few violent acts. And, of course, a number of QAnon followers are now standing in the elections in America. And so the pressure on the social media giants to take actual effective action has been increasing. And so they downgraded the search things and they deleted a few individual profiles. At the same time, in somewhere like Melbourne, Many of the leaders or these people that have bubbled up as leaders of the anti-protest movement have been charged with incitement. They've had their computers and their phones taken away. And so the movement's become sort of leaderless um, and it shifted away. Actually, a lot of the organising shifted away from Facebook onto an encrypted app called Telegram. But Facebook just this week took an enormous step and it's banned all QAnon mm. groups. I They've noticed, all vanished. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So... I mean, you know, if you want to study what they're doing, it's pretty difficult. They've all vanished. The hashtags that they use, such as Save the Children or Where We Go One, We Go All, The Great Awakening, all the hashtags have been muted. Mm. Um, and they've also shadow banned a few people on Instagram as well. So Pete Evans has been shadow banned on Instagram, which means that you can't search for him. You just have to try to find him through tags or through being a follower in the past. So. How is the QAnon community relating to this? They're pretty disturbed because over the last six months, perhaps these groups was their main social connection. Mm, and particularly, right. yeah. it's not so bad in other parts of Australia, but if you're in Melbourne um, and you can only go 5Ks and you can't mm. visit your friends, go to the pub and, you know, on online media stuff is being crucial for people's mental health and mm. uh connection to their community so some people are very distressed and mm. as I mentioned a number particularly the anti-lockdown movement melbourne anti-lockdown movement has moved to telegram the encrypted app right and they're right. organizing on there the q groups mm. haven't kind of moved there and i think that's could be because they're not so digitally savvy right. um but them are going to alternative platforms like me we um parlor but None of those have the true functionality of Facebook where it's easy to find a group, easy to join a group mm. and easy to, um, you know, con contribute to a group. Yeah. I wanted to ask about good old Donald Trump. can't have an interview without him. I didn't realise he was sort of embroiled in the original QAnon conspiracy. It's completely mm. about explaining his impeachment uh, the Mueller investigation into him, to uh, the leaking of Hillary Clinton's emails. All okay. of this is the, mm. the, the framework for the Q conspiracy, which is to build up Donald Trump. He's enjoying this, yeah. this attention. He's sort of getting, getting quite a bit of support. He's enjoying the support. He is. It's a mixed thing, though, because he has spent the last, um, well, since October 2017, not mentioning them. And avoiding mentioning them so he hasn't embraced them 
and just this year he's he's allowed himself to answer I think one or two questions at a press conference about QAnon and he said well I don't know who they are but I understand they like me and that they're patriots so mm. good on them and of course the QAnon community was delighted by that mm. they are major supporters of Trump because they see him as God's man on earth yeah. that's beating the satanic cabal um, and that's even the case mm. in Australia actually and some of the QAnon followers in Australia think Donald Trump's going to win the election and then he's going to change the global government, mm -hmm. that the whole world will be fixed, that there will be this, um, there's another whole... America great again, make, yep. make the whole world yep. great. Mm. Yep, that there's a, another conspiracy theory about world debt and that all individual mm. personal debt will be forgiven. So, and it's a great awakening. There'll be a big spiritual outburst. Um, all evil pedophiles will be locked up um, and the children will be released and everything will be good in the world. So some people genuinely believe that. And you can sort of see why it's it's um, appealing, right? Because mm. we, we're going through this pandemic with an unknown disease. We've got climate change getting worse and worse. Uh, a global economy that's really teetering and it's probably going to collapse. Mm. That's pretty grim. Yeah. So yep. trust the plan. Trump's got mm. it all covered. And so people are attracted and comforted by that. Maybe just a couple of quick final questions just to, to wrap this up. Uh, you mentioned uh, in, in your article some of the things that, that can be done to remedy this kind of information pandemic, this spread of pretty crazy sounding stuff more regulation, social media, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think Facebook's kind of dealt with it on Facebook, mm. just smashed everything QAnon related. Uh, whether people will just give up and just go, oh, look, I just went through that craze and I'm over it now, um, that's hard to know. I mean, how will it survive without social media? I think for people that have got QAnon relatives, and I've spoken to quite a few people who their auntie or their mum or their dad or their sister is sort of really getting into it, is um, arguing with them doesn't always help. Mm -hmm. But they try, they are coming from a place of love, the QAnon supporters. They, they believe they've woken up and they're enlightened and they want to save you as well. So they're kind of proselytizing, you know, they're preaching to you. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people have just had to walk away and said, look, I just can't keep hearing this. Um, I think that there's a lot of support can, is available on a subreddit, which is for QAnon victims and their families. So people could go and look that up on Reddit. Um, generally, for getting people out of cults, you need to have connection with them. Compassion, consistency, don't give up on them, keep a connection with them and help them out of it if you can. Um, I don't think we're going to see violence from QAnon followers in Australia. And as restrictions lift and the pandemic settles down, maybe people will just move on and won't be so um, upset and looking for coincidences here and there. Underlying it, though, of course, is a people no longer believe mainstream media. Uh, they don't believe politicians and they, they don't believe scientists. So there's um, we've moved to this situation where a lot of people just go on their gut feeling or um, you know, what someone else has told them who seems to be genuine and authentic. So we have a crisis of um, of belief, I guess, in uh, what people in authority are telling us. 
Mm. Um, and and that's come from years and years and years. I mean, there's big political actors trying to get us to not believe mainstream media, um, as we saw in the 2016 Trump election, where countries like Russia were putting in a huge amount of effort to create societal division and conflict in the lead up to the election. So disrupting things quite wow. dramatically. Mm. Um, so we've really seen the fruits of that now where people don't trust what they read in the paper or they hear on the radio, see on the television. So they turn to other people that they know. Mm. Um, that's where social media comes in. So some digital literacy. Um, personally, I think Facebook needs to do a much better job of moderating much earlier on before these things kick off. Um, and it would be good if we had a government that invested more in science education um, and public science and that kind of thing as well. So we've also seen during the pandemic that media has taken a real battering. So who knows what the media landscape will be mm. after the pandemic. Um, mm. But it's, you know, it really is a lot of these, these factors have all come together to create this. But I think once people are out and about over summer, the pandemic's kind of receding in Australia anyway. The thing about it is with QAnon is they don't tell you what to think. They say, go and do your own research. And so people feel empowered. They feel like, well, mm. I'm finding this out for myself, even though it might just be looking at a YouTube, but mm. I'm finding this out for myself and I'm putting the dots together myself. So it's a bit like if you enjoy doing crosswords or solving whodunits or something like that mm. in mystery. Um, yeah. And when people have got other things to do, perhaps they'll just give up on it. But um, it's it's been quite the phenomena, I think, of 2020. You're listening to a pre-recorded interview with Kaz Ross, lecturer in Asian Studies at the University of Tasmania. Uh, if you're interested in the topic of QAnon and conspiracy theories, uh, we can highly recommend uh, a great American podcast called QAnon Anonymous. We'll put a link up on the website so you can check that out. That's all from us from Communication Mixdown this week. A podcast of the show will be up on the website soon and we'll be back here again next Monday. Uh, let's go out with a track. This one's by a band, US indie band, I think, called Gauche. And their track is called Conspiracy Theories.